We have another blessing. Of course, there's a lot of blessings around here. But we have another blessing today, a real blessing to have David and Comfort with us from Nigeria. Fabulous. And I also wanted to mention that today is the last day. We decided that two days, two Sundays, last Sunday and this Sunday, we would, we would receive uh, gifts from, from you to be uh, distributed amongst the nine missionary units that we have and that we pray for. And if you're wondering and haven't seen a synopsis of who they are, uh, there's a sheet over on the missions table over there that will give you the details of of that. And then there's also the prayer card for David and Comfort on the prayer on the missionary table over there. And of course, their most recent letter with tons of awesome pictures. And uh, I imagine they're going to share a little bit about that as well. And so we're going to ask if, if David and Comfort would just come on up and just tell us a little bit about what it is that God is doing or done. That would be awesome. Yeah, that way you don't have to worry about dropping it like I did. <laughs> so glad you're here. Thank you. Bless you. Uh, I'm so thankful to God for the privilege he has given to us to be here this morning and to express our appreciations to what you have been doing in our lives praying with us, sharing financial with us, financially with us, and we just thank you. Uh, the ministry which God has entrusted into our hands is growing, slow but very steady. And we thank God. Uh, before we get back home in April, the new church that we are putting on at the place where I am at Isonlu will be completed. And we were able to start church there. Uh, the people doesn't like the Sunday school, um, the Bible college classes that we're using for uh, for worship. But we just thank God that this has gone now, and the Lord is blessing the church at Loring and the one at Takete, which we have started. They are all growing spiritually, and we thank God for that which is going doing through you and many other churches and friends here in the country of the U.S. We praise you and thank you. May God continue to strengthen you and put more uh, souls to this church that they will come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior and surrender themselves to God so that God will be using them to reach out to many other souls that are needing spiritual help. My wife will continue from there. Well, I think he has said it all. <laughs> we thank you, and we solicit your prayers for our people over there, especially those who have been persecuted in the northern part of Nigeria, that you pray that they will uh, not lose hope, but they will continue no mm-hmm. matter what, and that the Lord will speak to the hearts of the persecutors. Yeah because he's still the same God who saved Saul and made him Paul. So he's able to do that in our days also. Thank you. And also I want to just for one or two words, 
that God is choosing not only the pastors, but all the members in this church. Before I came in November, I cannot read my Bible clearly. They are all mixed up. But when I came and I went to a Christian doctor, I especially he told me, don't worry, you will be able to see and read in less than two weeks. And I went to Dr. Tammy and the Lord used her. And now I can see you clearly and I can read clearly. Thank God for all that again. Amen. Tell us briefly about the conferences and the and the, how the Lord was working. Uh, well, um, the churches, well, most of the independent Baptist churches in Nigeria, you know, had uh, leadership and soul winning conference. That was in um, September. Yeah, in September. And uh, the Lord really, there was uh, a main speaker who came over uh, from Ohio, the state here, and him and other national pastors were speakers during the conference. And uh, the Lord really used that to encourage and to motivate uh, the members of the churches to uh, know how important soul winning is. And most of the other national pastors and leaders of the church were really encouraged. Then there was uh, another uh, conference also that uh, they were, uh, it was also um, (laughs) done to encourage the pastors, you know, to reach out to, uh, nationals, and we really thank God because uh, it brought about a revival. Mm-hmm. And these pastors went back to their churches, and we've been praying that you know the revival, the fire of the revival, will continue. Mm-hmm. That the churches will grow and reach out to the unsaved. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. Don't go yet, David. Comfort. I know most of you just sat down after gathering around to pray for Tom and Kim, but we don't have a whole lot of opportunities to pray for David and Comfort, so if you scoot up a little bit, it'll give room for more people to get around you. <laughs> so come and join me, and let's pray for, for David and Comfort together. Father, every single one of us have been, uh, have been called by you. Every one of us who know you and call you by name have a responsibility. And we just want to thank you for that privilege. We want to thank you, Father, for all these years that David and Comfort have been serving in Nigeria. We want to thank you, Father, for the many who, through the starting of the churches and the Bible college and everything else, Father, have, have not only come to know you but grown in you and And they are now beginning to pass that on. Several generations now. We thank you. We thank you that they've been faithful. And Father, from generation to generation, the message is going forward. We thank you, Father, for this time that you've given them to be here. What a blessing to have them with us. 
Father, we pray for their medical needs. Part of the primary reason that they're here in the U.S. Lord, may they have solutions. We pray for healing for them and strength for them. Lord, we thank you so much for the blessing that David and Comfort and their family have been to us. And may they have a very, very special time with all of their children as they gather during this season. We just lift them up to you and thank you for them and ask for your provision for them in every single way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There are some really, really good pictures uh, that you can find on the back of their prayer letter, so I encourage you to go and, and grab one of those after the service this morning. This morning, as we continue this uh, series on wanting to be blessed, we're going to spend a little bit of time together talking about the fact that if you really want to be less blessed, you need to, you need to make it a point to learn from Him. You need to learn from Him. Learn from the Lord. And uh, the primary passage, obviously, that we want to give our attention to in a little bit is from Matthew. Matthew 11, where uh, Jesus Himself gives the invitation. And He says, Come to Me, all you who are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. Put My yoke and learn from Me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. Learn from me. Now we live in a day when college education has been raised to a level of um, requirement almost where, where everybody thinks that the answer to everything is a good education. And I'm not here this morning to dispute that a good, good education is a really good thing. It's always good to be educated. It's always good to study. It's always good to learn. But I think it's important that we understand you can learn a lot of things from a lot of places. But you cannot find a substitute anywhere from learning at the feet of Jesus. There's no substitute for that. I was talking to somebody the other day who was telling me that they find it really exciting to learn things. And uh, they are really um, desirous to know and are intrigued by, you know, science and psychology and, and all of that. And I, I was listening, and as, as, as I was listening to this individual, I find that they were consumed with spending the majority of their time looking for resources and trying to find answers to questions from psychologists, uh, both those that are renowned and all of us know their names, Freud and so on, but also other new stuff that they've been looking up online in terms of people and, and uh, the activities and the attitudes and the persuasions that people have and why they do what they do and, and how come they... They end up in the places that they end up. And as I was listening to this individual, uh, my, my thought was, why are they so consumed, so consumed with that whole aspect 
of what's available out there. And there's such a small, small impact. It was non-existent in our conversation, interest in knowing what it was that Jesus had to say about these things or what it was that God wanted to say. There is this unfortunate disconnect. There really is. There's a disconnect. There's a lot of people who think that the Bible is a good thing and it's okay for this or that or spiritual stuff or, you know, for Christmas and Easter. The Bible's a good deal. But there's a lot of people who don't understand nor even appreciate the fact that the Bible speaks to every single issue and every single aspect of life. And Jesus himself speaks about all kinds of things. And I guess one of the questions I have is, would you rather go to school, which by the way is a good thing. I'm not in any way discouraging any of you from going to school, going to college. You know, I did. I don't think it hurt me too bad. (laughs) And I know many in our family have gone and many of you have gone. I'm not discouraging college. I'm not discouraging higher education. So understand that in all the other things that I say to you this morning. But I would like to challenge you in that if you had an education and you had the ability to get A's and and B's and if you were able to pass all of the tests that are out there, the ACT, the SETs and get really high grades and if you were able to end up at the top of your class as far as the college level is concerned that's available out there these days and yet you came out of there not knowing how to relate to people not knowing how to relate to those over you and under you, not knowing how to have a relationship with a parent or a sibling or a co-worker, not understanding how to function in society, what profit would all of that education be? And I'm here to tell you that so many are educated beyond their ability to function in society. They've learned a lot. They've got degrees. We used to tease when I was in school that we were dying by degrees. (laughs) Or when it came to seminary, we used to say, yeah, I've been to cemetery. (laughs) Just joking about things like that. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is profitable. But Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians that knowledge puffs you up. If it's not brought into balance and it doesn't have some kind of of basis for it in functionality with life. So so this morning, what I want to encourage you to do is to just take some time with me and notice, first of all, the facts, the facts. If you want to be blessed, you need to understand those who are taught are blessed. Those who are taught are blessed. Listen to Psalm 94. He says, blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. Blessed is the man whom you instruct. The person that is instructed and taught by the Lord is blessed. The individual that is able to understand and hear from God in terms of the teaching that God has is blessed. Second point here is, blessed are those who delight. Blessed are those who delight. Delighting in the Lord. He says, how blessed is the man who greatly delights in his commands. Delighting in the Lord. Desiring to know more from him. How blessed is that man. 
I don't know about you, but when I'm, when I'm struggling with the challenges of life and the stresses of life, which, by the way, I think all of us have, even though down deep in my gut, I would love to have just a solution, you know, fix it, done. I often think of that old television show, you know, you just wiggle your nose and it happens. It's over with. But it doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. And so the thing that I need is I need to understand and I need wisdom to know what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to function in all kinds of situations in my life. One of the biggest killers of all is stress. Anybody got any of that? Stress kills. Stress impacts you in your body, your emotions, and your spirit as well. Body, soul, and spirit. And so it's very important for us to understand the function of all of this and how God wants us to deal with stress. There's lots of different things that people say about dealing with stress, dealing with pressure, dealing with angst. But you know, most of those don't really solve the stress, they only postpone it. Or they give it a little bit of a respite. Just a little bit. So as you and I look at being blessed, we need to understand that we can experience the kind of encouragement and understanding that God wants for us if, if we are pursuing him and wanting to know what he has to say. Remember those days when uh, it was really, really famous or whatever and they had all these things out uh, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? WWJD, those kinds of things. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of those out these days, although I'm sure you can find them at the Christian bookstore. But what I would like to ask you and, and, and suggest for us this morning is not so much what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus teach? What would Jesus want us to know? What would Jesus teach? So, not only do we need to not miss out on the facts, but secondly, we need to embrace the related truths that are tied into this whole thing of learning from him. Embrace the related truths. In Proverbs chapter 3, there's a phenomenal, phenomenal portion of Scripture that, that really lays out the benefits and so on of learning from him. Learning from him. He says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who obtains understanding. Blessed, happy, is the one who finds wisdom and the one who obtains understanding. You notice in this passage a couple of things. Number one, the prophet that is tied directly to learning from him. The prophet. He says that her benefit, that is to say wisdom and understanding, her benefit is more profitable than silver and her gain is better than gold. Learning from the Lord is more profitable than silver and more beneficial than gold. If that's not all, you notice also the value of this, the value of learning from him. Uh, again, in the same passage, he says that she, in other words, wisdom and understanding, she is more precious than rubies and none of the things you desire can compare with her. Now I want to give you a little bit of a pause right there. None of the things you desire 
compares with her. So aside from the Lord, that doesn't count because that's where we're headed. What are the things that you desire? What are the things that are passionate for you? What are the things that you long for in life? Learning from him, learning from him is far more valuable than any of those things. Learning from the Lord, sitting at his feet. We sang that song, not this morning, but we sing it occasionally where it basically says, Lord, I sit at your feet. And pour out my love. The desire of my heart is to know you more. We sang that this morning for the offering. Show me your ways. And then finally, you notice in Proverbs chapter 3, as you flip over in your notes, he says that the benefits of learning from him, the benefits of knowing you, he says, long life is in her right hand. Long life. But not just long life. He also says in her left hand are riches and honor. Riches and honor. Learn. Learn from him. Her ways are very pleasant and all her paths are peaceful. Would you like to have some peace? Some people think peace is the absent of turmoil, absence of turmoil or the absence of trouble, but it's really not. Peace is where you are and where your heart is in the midst of turmoil. Turmoil is part of life. Challenges are part of life. Peacefully says, she is like a tree of life to those who obtain her, and everyone who grasps hold of her will be blessed. Everyone who grasps hold of her will be blessed. Learn from him. Learn from him. What is your go-to book? What is your go-to person when it comes to seeking answers to the questions of life? Do you know that the majority of people, their first place to search is in the mirror? It's the first place they look. They find themselves in a difficult spot, a challenging situation, and the very first thing they do is they start to go through and sift through all the files that they've accumulated over the course of their life, all the information that they've put in their brains, and, and they, they try to determine from themselves the answer to their situation. And so I tried that. That didn't work. But there was that thing I did. I, at one time I did this certain thing and I got a little bit of, you know, peace out of it. I think I'll go back to that. I think I'll go back to that. Or some people say, you know, I, I just know that the answer is for me to go home. Go home. Do you know how many people, by, by going home, let me say, uh, what I mean by that is going back to familiarity. Going back to comfort. Going back to that place where you remember how good it was. Until you remember how bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about Ruth and I. We've been married a little while. And it's been wonderful. It's been awesome. We've, we've had kids and every one of them are special and Incredibly awesome. 
And I look back through the lens of, man, it's been wonderful. Until I focus a little bit. (laughs) And when I start focusing a little bit, I realize, well, I guess it wasn't all that wonderful. (laughs) Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not knocking the life I've had or my wife or my kids because I am blessed beyond measure. I don't know how many people I've told that I won the lottery. I really did. The heavenly lottery, I've got it. I've, I've, been, I've been incredibly blessed with a wonderful family and parents and so on. But what I'm, what I'm getting at this morning is that so often, so often we tend to try to decipher how we're going to face trials and challenges by going back to something that we think was better than where we are. And we don't really take the time to evaluate that sometimes. And realize that it wasn't all that great. The difference between peace and unrest, the difference between turmoil in your life and your soul and peace is who's with you wherever you are. I know some people have said about Isaiah going to Turkey, you know, that "Ah, I don't know if that's a good idea. It's kind of a difficult time to go to Turkey. And yet... uh, There were other people who said it was a difficult time for my parents to go to Iran in the early 50s during the White Revolution. I mean, there's always trouble everywhere. Always. So the best thing that you and I can understand this morning is that we are safest when we are where God wants us. And we are at most risk when we are not where God wants us. Whether it's stateside, or anywhere in this world. By the way, same chain thing is true when it comes to your job or the other responsibilities that you have. And the only place you're going to find the kind of understanding that will enable you to function and live at peace is by learning from Him. Jesus said, In the world you'll have trouble. You're going to have trouble. But then he said, don't worry about it. I've overcome the world. He said, in me you'll have peace. In the world you'll have trouble. So what I want to do as we think about learning from him is focus on Jesus' invitation. There in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. There are three things that he says. Every one of them are vital. Every one of them are vital. And then there's the promises that are related to it. So you need to respond to Jesus' invitation. And the first thing that he says to us is, Come to me. Come to me. Jesus needs to be our first choice, not our last option. When you and I are in a situation where we find struggle and challenge, If we want to be blessed and if we want to be at peace, we need to come to him first, not last. Don't try to find the answer within yourself. Don't try to find the answer uh, out there in some experience that you may have had at one time and try to get reconnected with it. Find your answer in him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Weary and heavy laden. Weary talks about the fact that 
you are, in terms of internally, you are worn out. Every one of us understand this. Every one of us understand this. You who are worn out on the inside. And then he says, talk about those who are heavy laden. You come to me too. Those are people that are worn out on the outside. So nobody's left out. We're all in the same boat. And the interesting thing is the, the way that it's constructed, Jesus' invitation, is he's saying, I want all of you, all of you to come to me because you're all worn out. That's what Jesus is saying. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. That's 100% of us. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. Second invitation he gives in this passage is, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. We don't have the ability to understand a lot of these pictures and the scriptures because we live in a different society but in those days, you would take an animal and you would have that animal yoked with another animal so that you could plow, you could do things. And Jesus is saying, take my yoke. Take my yoke. Come and be yoked with me. Tie yourself to me. And you know, it's important, if you, don't, if you don't come to him and if you don't tie yourself to him and yoke yourself to him, you're not going to learn from him. There's so much out there today about being good mentors and having people that can teach you and encourage you. You know all that? And that's all really good stuff. It's really important. Really important. And Jesus is saying, let me be your mentor. Yoke yourself to me. Tie yourself to me. Come to me and tie yourself to me. And then he says, thirdly, learn from me. Learn from me. When you look at the life of Jesus, his was a challenging life. I mean, it's almost like a no-brainer. Can you imagine how challenging it would be if you could heal everybody? Can you imagine how challenging it would be uh, where you all of a sudden had to walk through doors, open them and close them, I mean? Can you imagine how challenging it would be to, to stop knowing what everybody's thinking? Can you imagine how challenging it would be to have a mom and dad tell you, the God of the universe who created everything, what to do? It's hard enough for us to let anyone tell us what to do. And often we need to be told what to do. Jesus didn't need to be told. Jesus knew everything. He had a challenging life. He had siblings, brothers, and so on. And they didn't believe in him. In fact, his, his brothers gave him a hard time. On one occasion in the scriptures when Jesus is with his his brothers and so on, and they're having this special feast in Jerusalem, and one of his brothers says, yeah, why don't you go down there and do your thing? <laughs> that's my interpretation phraseology, but if you read it, you'll see that that's exactly what his brother's saying. Why don't you go down there and do your thing? Present yourself. You know, go show off. I don't know what they said literally, but the point was 
His life was not easy. We obviously know about the challenge that Jesus faced when Jesus willingly was beaten and bruised for us. And when he gave his life on the cross and shed his innocent blood for us on the cross, we know how agonizing and horrifying that is. But his life was not easy. I've had people tell me, you know, well, um, I could handle it, but I'm not God. Listen carefully. You and I may not be God, but God handled it for us so he could teach us to walk through it and so he could walk through it with us. The learning from him, learning from him means to be able to understand how to function as Christ in this world, as a Christ one, a Christian. Learn from him. He says, because I am gentle and humble in heart. Learn from me. And then finally, you experience the promise. Jesus' promise. He says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. There are, I don't know, three or four diff- definitions of, of rest that are in the, in the uh, Webster's Dictionary. Rest is a cessation of work. Rest has to do with coming to a stopping point. Uh, rest has to do with coming to a place where you no longer have any concerns or any challenges that are affecting your soul. Rest. Jesus is giving us, and then there's one more, and that is that when you come to a place of rest, it's a place of confidence. Jesus, by the way, encompasses all of those definitions. Every single one of them. He says, learn from me and I will give you the antidote to your weariness and your worn outness. Learn from me and I will give you rest. I will give you confidence. I will give you the ability to stand and, ex- and live in, in peace in the midst of all of the challenges that you face. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. You'll find rest for your souls. And I love this because he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you have ever worked with somebody where you felt like when you went to work, things just got tougher instead of easier? How many of you have experienced that feeling like, oh, no, I got to gear up for that again. A whole nother day of this. There's people in our lives that don't make things easier. They make them harder. By the way, that doesn't mean you have to leave those people. Just a thought. Because God can give us and enable us with his power as we learn from him to remain in those strategic places. I will give you rest. Excuse me. Every single one of us are looking and longing 
for peace and rest. Every single one of us. The strategic answer is to go to him. To learn from him. To be yoked with him. This is an invitation. It's an invitation for those who have never come to have a relationship with Christ. It's an invitation. Jesus is saying, you, come to me and I will give you rest. But it's also an invitation for every single one of us who've already experienced a relationship with Christ and we know him as our Savior. We have to keep coming to him. We have to keep learning from him. We have to stay yoked with him as we plow through this challenging life on this planet. And the good news, good news is that every single time you do, you will be blessed. 100% of the time, when you come to him, when you're yoked with him, when you learn from him, you will be blessed 100% of the time. You'll be encouraged and taught. You'll have peace. You will have the ability to face the challenges that every one of us has every day. So this morning, my prayer, my prayer for you and my prayer for me is that you and I will make learning from the Lord our first option and not our last choice. And that you and I will respond to Jesus' invitation every single day. We will deliberately choose to come to him, to be yoked up with him, to learn from him. And whatever you're facing, whatever you're facing, know that Jesus has the answers. And what would he teach you about how to respond to any situation or any challenge that you're facing? He will answer those questions. He will show you the way so you can walk in his truth. Let's stand together and pray. And as we do this morning... We'll have people here who will come up and be ready to pray with you if you desire. And we also have an opportunity for you to come and talk with, with them about your relationship to Christ if you desire to make a decision or a commitment. Or while we're singing, you can, you can just enjoy and worship the fact that we were made to thrive and not just survive. We were made to thrive. And then the other final thing this morning is that as we sing this, you can worship, you can come forward for prayer if you want, uh, you respond in that way, or you can, you can go ahead and go back and have fellowship or, or meet me at the door. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, whatever you feel so led to do this morning. Father, we just rejoice today. We rejoice. You are so good and we thank you. Lead us today. Lord, help, help us to learn from you today as we pray together in Jesus' name.